This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Welcome everybody to the Age Changer Show uh, brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. Again, my name is David Furrow. This is my dad, Lynn Furrow. Um, As we always say and start off every show, our mission is to elevate, equip, and empower. We want to elevate the church's vision to see God's eternal purpose. We want to equip believers to live with an eternal perspective, but then also empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles in faith-filled obedience. Now, I was not on the show yesterday. Instead, (laughs) you... uh, took me off and we wanted mom on there but she's a little better to look at for you uh, well i was gonna say <laughs> yesterday i uh there was someone opposite me that was much better looking than you yeah I bet. Uh, but i was glad she came in she did a great job, did a great job. but i missed you too david i appreciate that um, so you were a part of my security as we started out having you there for a couple days but mom came in and she did a great job she did a great job now i wasn't here yesterday but i did watch the show and uh, as you're talking about you're talking about how we have a big part in the return of jesus that's right it's a change in paradigm that god is going to establish in the church in the last days that we are full partners in his return Mm -hmm. and we've got to understand that yes we do and then I know we didn't get to the certain things yesterday that you wanted to, so let's go ahead and just kick it off and uh, let's get into it. Okay, I've been wanting to actually get into heart and soul and and look at a passage of scripture that shows us where this paradigm, this this scriptural paradigm that I believe the Holy Spirit is trying to bring to the church that will change our perspective and what we believe about the Lord's return. I said yesterday that I think many in the church are saying, Jesus, where are you at? Why aren't you here? Why aren't we there yet? And actually the Lord is saying, no, I've been waiting on you for several thousand years uh, because I authorized you. I empowered you by my spirit. I gave you a kingdom mandate. I wanted you to announce and demonstrate the reality of my kingdom uh, and I've been waiting on you to partner with me to bring about my return. And so I left us yesterday uh, with a, a statement that I clearly said. The church in the last days has a forerunner call upon it to fully partner with the Lord that in that partnership will bring about the return of the Lord Jesus. Yes. Uh, and so, again, uh, we need to understand We're not waiting on him. He is waiting on us. And you go, well, where is this found in the word? Because I've not heard that clear of a statement, you know, that I've heard about the Great Commission and us preaching the gospel and sharing, but I've never heard it so uh, clear and distinct and emphatic of saying he's waiting on us, uh, that, that we're not waiting on him. Well, I want to take you to a passage of Scripture that I do believe is paradigm shifting. And we're going to unpack it. And I think that when you start allowing the Holy Spirit to renew your mind and shift your paradigm, you begin to see so many other passages of Scripture where you, you see this thing from a different perspective through a different lens. You begin to see it through God's perspective of how he's been waiting upon the church. So... 
I want us to go in our scriptures, or you have your devices. I want us to look at, specifically at a passage of scripture in Second Peter chapter three, and we're going to begin um, in verse eight. And I just want to set a context, and I don't want to read uh, too much, but I do want uh, to read uh, enough of the scriptures to where you see what Peter was was shaping for us in and how he's talking about the last days, the day of the Lord. He said, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but it but is patient towards you. Not wishing that any should perish but that all should reach repentance. Now, I want to just stop there in that passage of Scripture. Obviously, there was an expectation that the Lord's return was going to be in a short period of time following his ascension, that it wasn't going to be a 2,000-year interval, that it wasn't going to be a long period of time. Matter of fact, now, Peter is having to exhort the body of Christ to patience and to maybe challenge some that said, now, wait a minute, is this promise real or not? And he said, hey, be patient, uh, because even though it looks like the Lord uh, is not returned based upon what we anticipated, is because God is being patient to save more people. Yeah. But I do want you to see that he was already having to caution them not to give up on the anticipation of the Lord's return in their generation. Yeah. Then he says this, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and all the works that are done on it will be exposed. Verse 11, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort or manner of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? Uh, he's exhorting them to, to live a life of purity, a life of godliness, a life of Christ's likeness in anticipation of the days that could be upon them. Yeah. But this is the passage that I want to have a zero in on. In verse 12, he says, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. Now, Peter uses two verbs in this passage of Scripture, and I think we do one of them well, the waiting one. (laughs) And I think that when we read a passage like this, uh, we've got that one down. And, And so we wait hopefully with a, an expectancy, an anticipation, a longing for our blessed hope, the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But Peter didn't just say, I want you to wait until he comes back. And if he comes back in your generation, you died waiting. Uh, and, and that's what you were supposed to do. And so if it's the next generation or the next generation. But Peter coupled another verb with the waiting. He didn't just say, wait for waiting's sake. Yeah. He didn't just say, 
Hang around and see if Jesus comes back in your generation. He says, I want you to wait, and the waiting is with an anticipation. The waiting is with an intense expectation that you should be anticipating at any moment like he would come, like a thief in the night that could come at any hour, any day, because yeah. we don't know what is uh, could happen. And, you know, he's using that metaphor as a thief. A thief does not announce to you, hey, I'm going to rob your house at 3 a.m. in the morning. So we have to live not just hanging around saying, maybe a thief could break into my house. No, he said, I want you to wait with an expectation, knowing that the possibility of this could happen at any moment. So have a readiness about you. Have a preparedness about you. He said, knowing what the the last days and the day of the Lord is going to look like, Mm -hmm. it's going to be an intense moment where even the powers of the heavens are going to be shaken. Things are going to happen on the earth, and, and we, we know what the birth pangs are going to look like because yeah. Jesus described them for us. So we wait with a growing expectation as we see signs, and the sign is not the substance, but the sign points to an hour and a day that is coming. But Peter marries this other verb, and he said, waiting and hastening. Now, some people in English translations and paraphrase have dumbed down this verb. And uh, in this translation, the English Standard Version, it says hastening. But some English translations have made it just like earnest desire. Like have a wait with an earnest desire. But I want us to unpack this Greek word. We're going to do a little bit of a word search. I'm not, you know, passionately (laughs) preaching, but hopefully I'm passionately teaching. I really want us to to look at how this word is used in the New Testament. Because actually the English Standard Version does a great job of uh, interpreting this word. The word hastening could also, in in a synonym, we could say, a quickening. We could also say, here's another synonym, an acceleration, a quickening, a quickening of the pace, an accelerating of this moment. So we're not just patiently waiting, but we are waiting with an anticipation and we are pushing and accelerating this event towards us. Okay. Now, if you can, I want us to look at a verse in Luke chapter 19. And we're going to look at a biblical story, uh, and and you are familiar, David, because I know that you were raised in a pastor's home, and, <laughs> and you heard many Bible stories, and, yes. and and you've logged in many hours in Sunday school and children's church, and uh, hopefully it was fortunate for you that you've been under the sound of, of, of my preaching for many, many years. <laughs> yes, um, sure. And so you know the story of Zacchaeus. And, and his salvation moment and experience. Yep. And so there is a moment where Jesus was ministering and, and on his journey, crowds were gathered alongside the road and Zacchaeus was a man of short sta- stature. I relate to Zacchaeus. And, and so Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see this person whose renown was spreading throughout the land. And he wanted to catch a glimpse of him. So he climbs up in a tree to where he has a vantage point. And, and, and so Jesus 
as he's walking, sees Zacchaeus up in the tree. And this is what the passage of Scripture says in Luke 19, 5 and 6. It says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. His response to, to, to Jesus telling him this command, to hurry, hurry it up. Get down here quickly. Do it with speed. Yeah. What was his response to Jesus' request of him to hurry down? It says, so he hurried and came down and he received him joyfully. You say, well, what's the point, Lynn, of, of you emphasizing how Jesus told him to hurry and his response to Jesus' request was to hurry down? This is the same Greek word that is found, that is translated, hastening the day of God, hurrying up the day of God. We could, we could say that exact same language. So we need to understand that when Jesus said to Zacchaeus, come down, hurry, come down, uh, he was not saying, at your casual leisure, Zacchaeus, yeah. I would like to talk to you. Uh, when you get around to it, I'd like you to just slip down the tree. Be careful, cautiously, take your time. That's not what Jesus told him. Take your time. I don't want you to fall out of the tree and get hurt because I, I want to bring salvation to your house. He was saying, I want you to get down here and I want you to get down here as fast as you can because salvation is coming to your house. Yeah. You know, I'm on mission with my father and God is about to give you an encounter of salvation. And when he heard what Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus understood exactly what he was saying. And so he responded in according to Jesus's request and command of him to hurry. And so what he did was he got down out of that tree as fast as he could. So when we read this passage of scripture in 2 Peter and he said, I want you to wait and to hasten the day of the Lord. He was saying, actually, I want you to speed up this moment. I want you to buy not only just your earnest anticipation of it, but by your action. There is a corresponding action to the anticipation that you have on the inside. Mm -hmm. Your motivation on the inside is going to translate into faith-filled obedience and action in a very specific way to interact with what God desires to do, and that is to bring on the day of God. Now, the day of God, we want to say God's responsible for the day of God. God says you can initiate. Mm -hmm. You can initiate. You can facilitate. You can engage me and welcome me and invite me to come back to this planet. And you can, you can shorten the days, not lengthen the days by the actions that you take. So not just sitting on the couch. Not just sitting on the couch. Not being a spiritual couch potato. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you bring that up because many people in the church right now, they're spiritual couch potatoes. And basically their spiritual existence is they routinize themselves into a routine of going to an event every Sunday, checking in, checking out, you know, making sure that, you know, if are, are they entertained by what is happening in that event? 
And God is going to radically, again, change the way Christianity is expressed, where church will no longer be defined by a a time and a, a location, a building, a place. Yeah. God is about ready to set his church into motion. And again, I love the, it's a little cliched, but I love the phrase. We don't just go to church. We don't just do church. We are the church. Yeah. And, and God is going to pull us out of these models, forms, and modes and empower the church to be the people of God that set a pace in the last days that hurry and speed up the return of the Lord. Now, I want to look at one other passage of Scripture and, and we'll end for the day. But there's another passage of Scripture in Acts chapter 20, verse 16. And I want us to, to uh, look at this passage of Scripture. Uh, Paul, in one of his apostolic journeys, it said Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hastening to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. So there was a day in mind in which Paul, in his return back to Jerusalem, he wanted to arrive there for the celebration of the Feast of Pentecost. But he knew that he wanted to accelerate. He wanted to hurry up to get there to arrive at that moment so he wouldn't be late and miss it. And so it said he bypassed certain stops so that he could accelerate his journey to arrive on time. Now, could it be that Jesus is somewhere in the future and he has been waiting for our arrival instead of us saying, Jesus, again, why don't you show up? That he is awaiting for us to mature and progress and in, in that progression of maturity in our understanding of our high calling of God in Christ Jesus, in us growing up into a stature unto him to be a suitable partner and a suitable helpmate and a bride. Could it be that he is waiting for us to cover the ground to finally meet him in that moment of kingdom consummation? I believe it is. I believe the reason why the Lord has delayed his coming, yes, he's patient, because he doesn't want anyone to uh, perish. But those that are driving the vehicle of the kingdom, see, we establish the pace we set. And so I say that if we're going at a snail's pace, if we're progressing so slowly in our maturity, in our progress towards the day that God wants to bring, to bring about a kingdom consummation, we're the ones that are actually setting the pace. We're either going to postpone and delay his coming, or we're going to accelerate that moment. And I I want to say this. Our desire leads to motivation and intensified action. And so you can see that if we have a problem where there's not an intensity in our faith-filled obedience and action, really we've got to address the issue of the church's motivations. Where is our desire? Where is our longing? And I touched on that yesterday uh, with Carmen. Uh, But God has to change in a wholesale way the motivation of the church. What are we laboring for? What are we longing for? Are, Are we truly seeing God's plan and purpose from his perspective to see what he is desiring to bring about 
or are we just in the comfort zone of that which is uh, temporal and that which is transient, and we are locked in to what I call bondage, a chain to this age. And, and, and God has called us to be bondage breakers. Yeah. He's wanting to break the chain to this age to where we move on to, to a new day, where we see the dawn of a new day, and it's the day of the fullness of his kingdom. So the challenge today is that God wants us to quicken the pace. Our pace is not going to be intensified until God change, radically changes the motivation of the church's heart to where we yearn and long for what he longs for. And David, there is a growing yearning within me. I want my king back in the earth. Yes. I, I don't want to live another day without him receiving what he has longed for and what he suffered for. Yeah. Well, that's where we're going to stop today. And we'll, I know we're going to have a question and answer time tomorrow. Yeah. So if anybody has questions, Dave's going to tell you how to get those questions to us. Yeah. I hope this has been thought provoking. So Dave, I'm going to just have you share. Yeah. If everybody has questions, feel free to put them in the comments tomorrow. We are going to be doing a question and answer on what we've covered uh, this week. So Monday through Thursday, tomorrow we are going to answer the questions. Um, so please leave them in the comments. You know, if you want to see more content from Summit Life Ministries, you know, make sure you go visit our website at summitlifeministries.com, but then also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and make sure you like our stuff. The more that we have people like and share the content, the more it's going to get out to people and we can spread the word. Um, but thank you guys for uh, joining us here today. And again, make sure you uh, put your comments uh, down below and uh, we'll answer those questions tomorrow. Thank you. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.